You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, episode 26. 26. Which is a special number because Brittany's... My birthday number. Yeah. I was going to say a narcissist. That is, you know, I don't think I'm a narcissist. No, you're not. Because actual narcissists are actually very bad people. Yeah, no. And we're just people who think about ourselves a lot, which is fine. You know, I have a lot of pride in myself. I'm sorry I'm so great. Sorry I'm wonderful. It isn't even, it's, I feel like I'm the same way as Massachusetts, where it's, yes. it isn't even that yes. I'm necessarily wonderful. It's just that everyone else sucks so much yes. that I'm on a like pedestal oh above them because they're all and in And you know graves. what that is? Very Massachusetts. Yeah, attitude. it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the realest shit ever. Oh, fuck, you're right. Mm. But, um, yeah, more exciting news. My hair. Hair. Is orange again going to orange i'm super excited i wanted to go back for a while but for a while i worked at orange theory and i was like that is overkill i can't this is too much that and then we were in quarantine and i was like who fucking cares (laughs) but it's in perfect time for halloween but that's not why i want orange it's I've been I've been orange before. I was orange for a while. Yeah, I feel you. I went green like shortly before St. Patty's Day. I did this in fucking Boston when I was working in Boston. Oh yeah, and every choice. person was like, "Oh, St. Patty's Day," and I was like, "I just like green." Yeah. And then a month later, they were like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yeah, I still like green. Mm-hmm. That's why I did it." Yeah. So this isn't a whim for I can one show you holiday. many many pictures of me with orange hair previously. So. I'm excited that it's back. <sighs> but yeah, and we have all of our Halloween lights on. We have a few additions mm-hmm. from when we last talked about our Halloween decorations. Yeah. We have some buddies on our deck. Some new friends. We have a ghost and a spooky tree, and we call them Booty. and tea. Yes. My dad was like, I like your angry Groot. And I was like, <laughs> I would say something, but that's immediately what I yes, thought when I saw it. it's true. Him. It's fine. We're going to get probably Kitty to match them. Mm-hmm, because we have no self-control. Yes, and there's enough room on our deck, and they're so cute, and they're not that expensive. They're very cheap. Yes. And we got this really sweet spider web light. And we just happened to buy this cool little Martha. Was like, I really like Like the this jeweled spider. Jeweled spider that she like, can like. It's put. like a little bowl. Yeah. And it's it's the so cool. Perfect size. I'll take a picture of it for our spider web. And we changed the battery in our eyeball string lights they that light I did make. And now they're really bright. <laughs> <laughs> they're really bright. <laughs> it's like, oh right. That's what they looked like when I got them. Yeah. So we're in episode twenty six. Twenty six, yeah, twenty six. It's October. Everything is scary and creepy. This will actually, when this is when this is put out, it'll be the third one we've done for October. So twenty six. My name's Brittany Vitrino. My name is Martha Bartlett, and this is. But first, let's talk nerdy. Clonk. All right, Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, too. <laughs> Just posted a picture of some uh, Massachusetts foliage, and it made me a little sad Aww. because Massachusetts foliage right now is beautiful, the best. We don't have foliage because no. we're in a desert. It's fine. And next week we should have new microphones. Yes. This should be the last week of this audio of iPad. Thank you, Martha's Thank brother, you, listener, listener Sam. Sam. Helping us out. Sending us a microphone and remixing our... Can you spooky... Listener Sam, spooky remix our theme. Leave this in. I'll just ask him. No, I want him (laughs) in the podcast because then it will give him pressure to do it because I talked about him. Okay, I'll be like, uh, so just in case you're not listening all the time, you have to listen to this one because we talked about you. (laughs) All right. Anyways, let's move on. Episode 26. You're going first today. I am. So, uh, today I am going to be talking about the movie, The Omen. 
<laughs> That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. I heard screaming from Martha's bedroom. <laughs> screaming and Latin chanting. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> I, you know, I've actually never seen this movie. It's fun, and it's Which, good. And I would say it's not too scary. My sources today were Wikipedia. I think I used fandom, mostly just Wikipedia. So, uh, yeah, and then two articles. One was The Untold Truth of the Omen by Emily Rubin, and the other one was The Omen at 40, and the bloodline of occult cinema by Andrew Nett. So The Omen is a classic horror film from 1976. It has Gregory Peck in it, uh, and he was Atticus Finch. I love Gregory Peck. I know he's so cute. He's so cute, and it's it's very disturbing because like making him this character. Literally, this happened like right after he was Atticus Finch, Ugh, and Atticus is such an amazing character. Mm. True. You can't do To Kill a Mockingbird. I won't. I'm going to at some there point. There are plenty of them that I look at and yes. I'm like, I can't do this yeah, because it's my favorite book of all time. So we know from our obsession with Satanic Panic that the popularity of the devil as a villain waxes and wanes. Sometimes it is very fucking popular and everybody's like, Satan, blah, blah, blah. And yep. sometimes nobody's thinking about that shit. Um, sometimes something happens culturally and then everybody's like, hey, maybe we'll go back to church and exercise our agnosticism and blame a bunch of nonsense on Satanists who are usually pretty fucking chill. <laughs> so, yeah, that was definitely the case here as well. Guess what? They also don't rape children and hold weird rituals. Mm-hmm. The Satanic Temple um, is a non-theistic religious group. So they're pretty chill, and most of the time they just use satanic imagery to promote equality and social justice it's and the separation of church imagery. and state. So anybody who's talking shit about Satanists, uh, fuck off. You're not welcome here. So yeah, this was definitely the case here. Basically, The Exorcist came out in 1973, and everyone shit their pants about it. Some people actually probably shit their pants because there were crazy fucking reactions to it. Uh, some theaters had to keep smelling salts on hand because so many people fainted, and then a lot of people Jesus threw up. Christ! Yeah. So the Omen came in and capitalized on the success of earlier satanic films, but didn't go nearly as balls to the wall. And uh, we're here to fuck up your brain as the Exorcist. So, how much do you, Brittany, know about the Antichrist? <laughs> <laughs> Not too much. I know plenty about the actual story of The Exorcist, and that's about because of all of our podcasts, and I've listened to it a few different times. But other than that, that's fine. Basically, I know neither of us is a Bible scholar. No, obviously. <laughs> uh, but this shit is more in my wheelhouse because Revelations is the most metal of all of the books in the Bible. Uh, it's the one where there's like, oh, we're not going to talk about everybody's son. We're going to talk about plot because a bunch of shit is so going down. You still sort of like went to church a little bit. Yep. When you were, I did not. I went to church once with my parents on Easter and my dad was like, fuck this. We're never doing this again. <laughs> We never went to church again. La, 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 la. <laughs> that's, that's fucking hysterical. Yeah, no. Um, I did grow up going to church, though I mostly just sat in the back and then drew in a sketchbook. And then every now and then my mom would scratch my back. That's pretty much how that went. So <laughs> did I get anything out of it? No. Until I started like paying attention when I was like hmm, 13 or 14 when people started talking shit about gay things. And I was like... Excuse that might me. be me. Um, me. I'm coming to realizations about my sexuality. But yeah, Revelations is metal as shit, so I was very into that because if I had to be into any sort of Bible thing, that's the only thing that's remotely interesting. It's when the world ends and everything gets fucking shit. Um, all the good boys and girls get raptured up. Yoink! And then... Uh, the world goes to shit for the next seven years, which is called the Tribulations, and during this time, the Antichrist will rise up. So, according to Christian prophecies, of the end time, the Antichrist is basically like Satan's agent on Earth. He's kind of like a evil twin of Jesus. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to worship you, blah, 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 and he's probably going to be a good politician. And then Jesus returns and... Smacks him down, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Not important. No one cares about that no. fucking nonsense. 
But some things that they say about the Antichrist in the Bible are, uh, with help from his own false prophet, the Antichrist will gain control of the world economy, and he has a mark of the beast, the number of its name, 666. So basically, that's where 666 comes from. My credit score. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's so awesome. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's good. (laughs) Okay. So the movie opens up on American diplomat Robert Thorne, who is Gregory Peck. Uh, He's in Rome, and his wife Catherine has just given birth, and then he's just been told that the child is dead which repeats in his head for a bit, and then he's like, this will destroy Catherine. Moments later, a convenient chaplain at the hospital, Father Spiletto, which I can't tell you how many times my phone was like, are you sure you don't mean Stiletto? And I'm like, yes, I fucking don't. (laughs) Though I wish. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be a much more interesting thing. I just assume he wears stilettos uh, under his robes. (laughs) No one knows it's his king. It's a secret! Um, but yeah, he's like, I, so you know what would be good? Uh, you should secretly adopt this infant whose mother died in childbirth. And Robert agrees, but doesn't tell Catherine what's up. Because he's like, mm, I can't tell her her baby died, so I'll just give her this other baby. Hopefully it sort of looks like us. It's white. So, you know, all white babies basically look exactly the same. Which is that they look like a scrunched up Winston Churchill. I'm sorry, your white baby isn't that cute. It's not. Mm, that's your problem. That you was going to say problem, problem, weren't you? Yes! I got that. That was it! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, and then they name him Damien. Uh, ruining the name for Damien for anyone who wasn't a goth. Also, do you think Talia was like, <laughs> the demon son, I'm going to make this shitty joke forever. I'm sure she is. Mm, she's was. a shitty person. She, so that's probably true. Like, she sucks. So. <laughs> I love you so much. I love Talia. you a lot, but God, you have very many issues. And, like, so many. Damien's birth is like, it's like 12 of them at the very, very least. <laughs> Yikes. Five years later. Uh, Robert is appointed to the U.S. ambassador to the U.K., and they move into this humongous fucking house because they're rich Americans, and that's what we do. Um, Big houses freak me the fuck out. Yeah, no. Don't do it. They're scary. Someone is going to come and murder you. Yeah. Or it might be an owl, but... Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Watch out for owls. But yeah, so shit starts happening. Um, They have a birthday party. There's this goddamn photographer here, and he comes up later, so I'm just mentioning him now. Okay. Um, And then at Damien's birthday party, his nanny makes eye contact with this random Rottweiler that's hanging around in, like, the back edges of the... (laughs) The, like, back edges of the party, and then... That would be me, except I would go pet it. Yes. Except I'm sure it's a hellhound or something like that. Yes. But whatever. It's fine. Eat me. To be fair, if somebody was like, if if there was a hellhound, I would still try to pet it. Yes. A hundred percent. If it just looked like a regular Rottweiler, I'm on Yeah. It was like kind of hiding in in the bushes and made weird eye contact with her. And then a couple minutes later, he's on this carousel because they're rich people and they brought a carousel to his fucking birthday. I know. How old is he? Five. Maybe six. I think he's five. And you hear her calling for him and they pan over to her and she's standing on the second floor with a noose around her neck and she's screaming. And she's like, Damien, look over here, Damien. Look at me, Damien. And then she's like, it's all for you, Damien. And she jumps and hangs herself and crashes through the window. The aunt? The nanny. Oh, the nanny. Mm -hmm. Is the nanny the one that made the eye contact with the dog? Yes. Where did I get an aunt? There isn't an aunt, so I don't know. (laughs) It's close enough. Whatever. Uh, Fun fact. Anytime any person says, it's all for you, that's immediately where my brain goes. So somebody says, oh, really? Because in my brain it's, it's all for you, Janet Jackson. (laughs) That's fair. That's very fair. There is a weird priest called Father Brennan who visits Robert at his office and he's like, accept Christ, drink his blood, and eat his flesh. No, that he's killed before, and he'll kill again. Christ? Oh no, but he doesn't specify that. 
<laughs> I mean, I think he probably How specifies. Read that sentence. Read that sentence. Yeah. Made it sound like it, it comes a little. It comes a little later, but there probably was a better way to open up with things here, and instead you just yelled at this guy about Christ. So that's great. Robert's like, uh, get the fuck out. I'm calling security. And he's like, I know what happened at the hospital the night your son was born. Um, which flips things because no one actually knows about Damien except for Robert. Um, and the priest who gave him to him. And the priest who gave him to him. But it isn't this Spiletto. priest. It's a different priest. It's not This Spiletto. is Brennan. This is Brennan. He probably wears shitty, like, clogs. Ugh. Just saying. He looks like that type. Ugh. Um, and then the priest says that he saw his mother. Damien's mother, which flips shit back around because he died in childbirth because she gave birth to the Antichrist. Robert is like, doesn't even think about this mother, bio mom. He immediately thinks about Catherine is like, please don't talk fucking shit about my wife or I will crush you. And the priest is clearly going on about Damien's bio mom, but whatever. Uh, as he is leaving, the photog, which is around all the fucking time for no reason, takes a random picture Lots of him. Mm-hmm. They have a random governess show up after the nanny committed suicide, and she's creepy as shit. Of course. Neither of them hired her, and that's creepy as shit. And she's like, ah, oh, the agency sent me because they read it in the paper. And okay, whatever, creep. So they try to take Damien to church for a shitty wedding that nobody wants to go to. And so Catherine's going to take him to church and she goes to find him. And Mrs. Baylock is at the, who is the governess is at the top of the stairs. And she's like, where the fuck is Damien? She doesn't say fuck. And Um, they didn't hire her. Why is she there? They didn't hire her, but she is, she was like, I was sent by the agency and they believe that shitty excuse. So rich people assume that people are going to help them. So the governess is like, mm, Mrs. Baylock is like, he didn't want to go. And she's like, why would you bring a five-year-old to a wedding when he won't understand anything? Which, and the mother's like, um, that's not your fucking business and it's not your opinion. Like, but you are not. don't bring children to weddings. <laughs> that's literally I have, like, you're creepy, but you're right. <laughs> um, don't worry, my so, wedding will be childless. Obviously. So, uh, obviously, they don't go to that wedding, which is probably a bullet dodged for every person involved. Every Um, person at the wedding. Every person at the wedding for Robert and his family. Did you really want to go to this weird religious wedding? No, No, probably not. You're going to have to weirdly kneel at some point for no reason. So, yeah. So, Robert is a little suspicious, knowing that Damien's origins are not him, which is, uh, you know, fair. Like, being harassed by a priest about his son. I'd probably be like, hmm, I'm just going to look a little so closer. don't adopt kids, either. Literally, just don't have kids. Just don't. Just get a fucking cat or dog. Well, and also, so, adoption is great, and I think it's a good option. And if I was going to ever have children, I would definitely adopt them. But also, don't take a random kid from a fucking priest that you don't know is even an actual priest. He's just a person at a church in a priest costume. Well, he is an actual priest. But but you don't, don't know, know that. that. <laughs> he didn't give you fucking credentials. He's just like, I have a random baby. And you were like, done. How did this priest not know this baby was the Antichrist? Why didn't he throw him in the fire? We're getting there. There's more. He, the, the Spiletto comes up again. Fucking Spiletto. Fucking Spiletto. He's a little suspicious, blah, blah, blah. He runs into, um, at his house, a random Rottweiler, which is conveniently, uh, Mrs. Baylock is like, oh, I found him. He's, what, what a nice pupper. He'll be a great watchdog. And Damien likes him. And he's like, uh, we don't need a dog. And also, um, you ex- don't get to pick our family also, dog. Excuse me. You always need a dog. No, you do need a dog. I don't care if it's a hellhound dog. Mm-hmm. I would choose a hellhound dog oh, absolutely. over a baby any day. I would choose pretty much any dog. I'm very happy with a dog. But also, if my nanny brought in a dog and was like, we're going to have a dog in the house randomly, and I didn't ask you, I'm like, you're my employee, so you have to ask me if you're going to make big decisions. Another shitty, creepy thing that happens to them, besides random Rottweiler, random can't go into the church, random nanny suicides, uh, they go to this, like, drive-through safari type deal, 
And, you know, some of it's like you walk up and there's stuff. And then some of it's you drive through and the animals are around you. Yeah. And all of the animals run the fuck away from Damien as soon as they make eye contact with him. They're like, fuck no. Nope. Hard pass. Except for the baboons, which just get hyper aggressive and attack the car. Which is actually a real scene. That's a real scene. They actually had angry baboons attack their actors in a car. That's so scary. That's the 70s for you. Yeah, no, literally, like, the actress is, like, shrieking and screaming. You can tell that she's actually afraid because it looks fucking terrified. Yeah. And um, turns out that they didn't take very good care of the baboons, and they had some baby ones that they had taken away to make them more aggressive. So they literally were like, Who hey. Who the fuck are taking care of these fucking animals? Well, they had less laws in the 70s about animals because they didn't really give a fuck. So everything is terrible. Catherine is obviously pretty shaken up about this, and she decides to... real life in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she sought therapy in real life as well. I was like, you need to now pay for my therapy. Yeah. I'm going to need, like, royalties that are going to cover this shit. Um, So she decides to see a psychiatrist, and her fear of Damien grows, and she starts to distance herself from him. Which, fair, fair, fair. Meanwhile, Father Brennan is still kind of stalking Robert. He's like, you have to meet up with me. He keeps showing up in weird places. He's like, five minutes, your wife could die. And then he scoots right the fuck out of there. And our photog buddy is there, and he takes another picture of him. He's like, hey, Father, snap. And he's developing it in a dark room and notices that it's almost like a double image. There's like a weird shadow over his neck. Uh, Robert does meet up with Father Brennan. And Father Brennan tells him a weird poem that's not even actually from Revelations. He's fervent in that his son needs to die, and he keeps yelling and tells him to go to this place where somebody can tell him how to kill his son. And Robert's like, uh, nah, I'm just here because you told me some shit about my wife dying. So what's up with that? Father Brennan is like, she's pregnant, and Damien will prevent the child's birth. And Robert's like, fuck off, and walks away. And pretty much right after that, the wind like picks up and starts to kick up out of nowhere and he's blowing Father Brennan around and he's clutching the cross that's around his neck and he's trying to run into the uh, church, but like it's all fenced off. So he has to climb over a fence. There's lightning striking. Like there's a huge storm out of fucking Tentacle nowhere. Lightning? No, that would be way cooler. But I don't you know, think anybody knows about missed that. opportunity in movies. I think literally nobody knows about it. That's fair. We do. Yeah. So he's clutching his cross. Lightning is striking. The choir is screaming about and singing about Christos in Latin. Um, he's trying to get into the church. He climbs this fence. Lightning strikes right behind him. Um, and then he's trying to get into the fucking church and into any of the doors. They're all locked. Lightning strikes the lightning rod. He looks up at it. And it falls and impales him through the neck. Gross. Exactly where it happened in that, where the shadow was in that fucking picture. Wait, wait, wait. Meanwhile, Catherine gets more and more impatient and doesn't want Damien to be around. Every time Damien's around, he's just like super annoying to her. She just doesn't want to be near him because blah. And she's like, mm, um, I am pregnant, but I want an abortion because two devil children is too many. Which also, the way that she does it is she's like, so it's like cool that we don't want more kids, right? He's like, yeah. She's like, so you'll agree to me getting an abortion. And I'm like, this is a truly Regina George move, and I fucking love it. It's such a, oh, it's so good. So he goes and talks to her shrink, since it's the 70s and wives are basically property, so you might as well. And it turns out that she thinks that Damien is evil and isn't hers. Which seems like it is the case. Now Keith finally fucking pops up. Keith is our photographer friend. His name is Keith Jennings, who keeps fucking showing up. And he notices while he's developing these pictures that in um, the photos of the nanny and then photos of Father Brennan, there seemed to be like a weird, bizarre shadow over her. Like, there's a weird shadow that goes over the nanny's neck that looks exactly like a noose. And then every time he took a picture of the priest, there was a, like, slash that went through his neck that got darker as it got closer to his death. 
Like maybe you have a weird fucking camera, bro. <laughs> maybe you should get that jacket. Have you thought about getting a different camera? Oh, I guess it's the film. Hmm. He talks to um, Robert about this and he's basically like, we need to get to the bottom of this because you've had two deaths and shit's going down. Everything's kind of the worst. What the fuck is up? So they go and investigate the priest and they go back to his um, place because the police were like, oh, he's crazy. So you can just go to his place. No problem. Uh, turns out he was very fucking crazy. Uh, he was dying of cancer and had been taking morphine like it was going out of style. Um, his walls are literally papered in fucking Bible pages and there's 47 fucking crosses on his wall for some reason. And he's like weirdly close to the church. Ugh, it's weird. He has a diary that details Robert's life instead of his own. And he has a birth announcement for Damien, who was born on June 6th. 6-6. Uh, so at like 6 o'clock. And they like didn't. Where the other six come from? Yeah. And then Keith also has so a 1972? photo. 1972? It was 1976. Because oh. seven plus. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know how to math. I was thinking nine. <laughs> it's fine. Which is, you know. It's close. It's six and then down. And then all the fucking conspiracy theory people will be like, you turn it upside down, it does it! Numerology! <laughs> and I'm like, okay, calm down, buddy. It's like, but this time, if you add the two together, then it becomes another six. I'm like, I feel like you're doing so much work to get to the... (laughs) To what you're looking for. You're starting at the end and then moving backwards so that you can get what you want. If you add this and then subtract this... If you squint at this one, it looks kind of like the devil. (laughs) This six looks kind of like the devil with a horn. So, you know it's evil. Fuck. It's true. That's the truth. I learned it from the internet. The internet. <laughs> so while Robert is kind of figuring out this nonsense with Keith and stuff like that, Catherine is watering some plants, like some hanging plants on a step stool. Um, and Damien is riding his tricycle round and around and around and around in his room. At one point, Mrs. Baylock lets him out, and he just knocks uh, Catherine right over the railing. And, of course, they have, like, a thousand floors, or three, probably. Um, But, yeah, so she, it's a scream that, like, she falls and is like, ah, and you're like, you only fell two floors. (laughs) It would last fucking three seconds. This would have been very quick. But yeah, um, before she falls, she's holding on to like the banister and he's just kind of staring at her sitting on his bike and looking while she's like, help me, Damien. And then she falls and Damien hops on his bike again and rides away. Uh, obviously, she loses the baby. Also, the doctor tells Robert that she's lost the baby by answering. He says she's pregnant and the doctor just says no. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know this isn't done for comedy, but come on. <laughs> this is your fucking bedside manner. That is not this how is the that works. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, so when Robert goes to talk to Catherine at the hospital, she just tells him, don't let him kill me. So Robert goes with Keith to Rome. They go to Rome to figure out what the fuck Damien's birth parents are. And uh, they go to the hospital where he was born, and it turns out that the hospital has burned down, and all the records are gone. And of course, all the records are gone because the fire started with the records. Which, if that doesn't tell you exactly the fact that it was done on purpose, then I don't know, I guess you're fucking hopeless. But yeah, there's a church there, and this nun remembers the creepy priest, Padre Spilato, uh, he miraculously survived the fire because he was in there, but most of the actual uh, staff died. They go to meet him, and he's in rough shape. He is paralyzed, mute, blind in one eye, and he's able to communicate with them in writing where the mother is. Keith and Robert go check it out, and it's a cemetery, and where Damien's mother should be is the carcass of a jackal. In the plot next to it is a child skeleton with a shattered skull. So they come to the conclusion that this is Damien's inhuman mother and the child next to her is his own murdered son so that Damien can take his place. Yeah, cool. 
Wait, they get chased out of the cemetery by Rottweilers, and Keith is like, I think he's definitely That's the Antichrist. So Rottweilers. I know. They're the pit bulls of the 70s. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sad babies. Dobermans were in the 40s and the 50s. That's really interesting. Because of yeah. Germany. Oh, oh my God, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's really fascinating. We label them. They're all fine. Mm-hmm. We label them. Babies. So, yeah. Keith's like, I think he's the Antichrist. And Robert's like, I'm going to call my wife. <laughs> so he calls her and is like, you should definitely get the fuck out of London. And she's still in the hospital, so she starts to get ready and do things like that. And all of a sudden, Mrs. Baylock shows up and tosses her, basically, like, shoves her out the window to her death. This poor fucking woman. Jesus. Robert, Shouldn't have gotten anything. Should have just fucking left. Yeah. Um, Robert is told of his wife's death, which makes the mission much more real for him. Uh, so he remembers the name that the priest had told him of the person that he's supposed to see to figure out how he can kill his son. Rob and Keith go to Israel to meet an archaeologist who is a specialist on the Antichrist. And he explains if Damien is actually the Antichrist, he'll have a 666 birthmark. I know. Sorry. The mark of the beast. So like, I horny. don't think it's going to be an actual mark if there was anything. I don't think the there's Bible actually going to be the letter six, the letters, the number 666 on his body. Yeah. It's in like a weird, so they're all like in a weird spiral. Stupid. But yeah, whatever. And then this archaeologist gives Robert seven mystical daggers for killing the fucking Antichrist. And he's like, you have to do it on hallowed ground. And I'm like, wow, you are the least professional person I've ever met, ever. Imagine that you're like, oh, I study the Antichrist. Here's a bunch of ways to kill your son. I'm like, I think you still go to jail for that. I think that's fair. Robert's like, uh, I don't think I can kill my kid. Um, even if he's not, like, my bio kid, he's still my child. And, like, he hasn't been that creepy to me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> your wife's dead. Yeah. And uh, so he throws the daggers into a construction site. And when Keith attempts to retrieve them, he is decapitated by a sheet of glass that slides from a truck bed, completing his weird picture. Farmer bro, you should have just stayed away. Uh, Robert returns to London and upon examining Damien, finds the birthmark on his scalp under his hair. Uh, Mrs. Baylock tries to attack him, but he stabs her with one of the knives. He grabs Damien, throws him in the car, and then they drive to a nearby cathedral. He's driving like a fucking crazy person, so the police follow him. And uh, Robert grabs Damien, drags him out of there, and he's kicking and screaming. Puts him on the altar, raises a dagger to stab him, and he's pleading forgiveness from God. And then he's ultimately shot by the police before he can get there. Um, a short time later, the double funeral of Catherine and Robert is attended by the President of the United States, who has agreed to be Damien's new like, dun, dun, dun. father, basically, new family. And then Damien just, like, creepily smiles. And that's where it ends. So, some fun facts about the movie. There's rumor that it's cursed. LOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLO
And then so the kid who played Damien, they were like, okay, he has to be believable as the actual child of Satan. So finding him is going to be a tough one. Whoever's casting people was like, okay, when I yell action, you come and attack me and don't, don't stop until I yell cut. Like, just be vicious and don't hold back. And then he yelled action and uh, the kid, Harvey Spencer Stevens, came and immediately hit him right in the balls. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, dye his hair black, and he's this is our Damien. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Which I didn't know at all. That made that's me laugh so, so funny. hard. Yeah. Basically, like, the genius of the omen, because the way I described it, you don't get it as much, but um, isn't as much in the creepy Satan-y stuff. It's that throughout the film, you never actually know if Damien is the Antichrist. There's a lot of things that build towards it. But also, Damien doesn't do anything that's actually evil during mm-hmm. the movie. He does kid things, and he doesn't have a lot of empathy, but neither do a lot of kids. He rides his bike too close to his mother, but fucking Balok let him out of his room, where he probably wasn't supposed to be riding. So, like, that's on you. And then Robert constantly chooses to listen to these people who are kind of fucking crazy. Like this priest who's on morphine, who has cancer, who has papered his walls in the fucking Bible. Like, maybe don't listen to this person who's like, you should kill your kid. Or the Antichrist specialist that you had to fly to fucking Israel for. I'm like, oh, if somebody randomly gives you seven daggers and says that they're mystical, and you decide to listen to them instead of watching. I'm all about getting those as a present. Oh, yeah. But. (laughs) Fuck yeah. If somebody's like, hey, here are seven daggers, I'll be like, yes, how am I going to fly these things home? (laughs) Um, But if they're like, you have to kill a kid with them, be like, "Mm, I'm going to pass, but I'm still going to take the daggers. (laughs) And then just at the end, like, you see him over the kid, and he's just you know, a pretty cute little kid who's just screaming and and afraid and he's got a giant fucking dagger. And of course, every person who is not Robert is immediately like, this guy is fucking fucking yeah. crazy. Then you what don't about, know. What about the creepy smile at the end? That's another fun thing. So the director was like, he told the actor who was Damien, he was like, if you smile, I will be so, so mad at you. So he just <laughs> you get that like hint of a smile at the end and that's it and then you know like I mean it's confirmed because they have like a bunch of different movies afterwards yeah. Damien and Damien and Damien and Damien there's a series that's and hilarious. then like biblical shit starts to go down and it's rough but <laughs> like as is when most biblical <laughs> shit starts to go down also saying the genius of the omen is that this doesn't give it credit for the fact that most of that genius is also stolen from Rosemary's Baby, where they're like, is it the demon? Did she have sex with the devil, or did she just have sex with her creepy husband? What's going on? You don't know. Until the very end. It's a classic. Also, gotta love the, like, classic trope of the changeling child, which is my child is weird, so he's not mine. Yep. Cool. Or is just a kid trying to figure out who the fuck they are. Yep. (laughs) Or you're just a bad parent. Or you're not a good parent. Have you thought about looking at your life and your choices? True. But also maybe don't be a parent because if your kid is going to throw you off a second story, possibly third story because you're rich, uh, not good times. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join We Be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. All right. 
My turn. Yeah, tell me about your topic. Okay, so my topic has some some reminiscence of yours. Really? Except real life. Oh, no. (laughs) So today, Martha, I'm bringing us back to our home state of Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Because we miss you, Massachusetts. We so do. Much. We miss you so fucking much. And I'm gonna tell you about the Salem Witch Trials. Oh yeah. So, so I this was one of those ones where I was like, it's on the list, and then I was like, I bet Brittany will do it, so I'll just not do it. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. You may know this, but I'm sure you do know I know this. a lot of stuff about... It's true. So I went to school literally like the next town over from Salem. So I was in Salem. A lot. So I went to college in Salem for right. a year. And another fun fact, there's almost always a, like gang violence and stabbing on Halloween every year in Salem. Um, so I actually didn't leave my dorm room during Halloween ah. in Salem because see, I was that's like, why um, I didn't see you because I went every yeah. year to Salem and I made some very very good parking choices. That's, I was like yeah. parking like a god, yeah. but only on Halloween. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, another fun fact. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans is from Massachusetts. <laughs> you already sh- shoehorned him in. No, that happened naturally. I, uh, that one was natural. I wrote this one in because I didn't know if it would happen naturally. The other one was natural. And now I'm writing Chris Evans into my thing. That's fucking hysterical. Yeah, I'm trying to make Norman Osborne happen naturally, but it's very no. hard. You're just going to have to figure out how to naturally... Put him in. I've slid Chris Evans in pretty good in the past couple of weeks to be in fair, my things. One of us wants to think about the thing, and the other one of us is trying not to think about the thing. Chris and Evans. then it happens to fall into our head when we see, like, a I think about red Chris and black Evans stripes or something like all that. All the time. So, sources today, um, I actually didn't look at Wikipedia at all. Of SmithsonianMag.com, History.com, and Salem.org. Can I say, yeah. looking at Wikipedia to try and figure out anything biblical is a mistake. Because <laughs> I was trying to figure out, and I was like, okay, I'll just look up the rapture <laughs> and revelations on Wikipedia. Hopefully just get a quick summary, pop, 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 and it's like, would you like to know every fact about this? And I'm like, no. No, I don't. I'm like, what are you doing, Wikipedia? You're so good to me normally. Yeah, this is not our weeks for Wikipedia. <laughs> All right, so... Salem Witch Trials occurred in uh, colonial Massachusetts between 1692 and 1693. I yeah. was thinking 1700. Nope, 16, almost 1700. Pre-America. Late 1600s. And more than 150 people were accused of participating in witchcraft, the devil's magic, and 19 were executed. Eventually, the colony admitted the trials were a mistake and compensated the families of those convicted. And since then, the stories of the trial have become synonymous with paranoia and injustice. And its aftermath is still very much present in modern-day Salem. So I also had a friend who started at my college and then transferred over to Salem, and she used to play the, like, witch in the witch trial. Oh, really? they would do. Yeah. So I went to that once or maybe twice. And then also in, like, a spooky haunted house, she played a witch there, too. So how did something so crazy as witches and devil magic seep through this area and then seemingly go away not even a year later? I will waxes and wings. <laughs> I will pre say this to you and for people who know anything about the satanic panic, we haven't changed whether it's the fucking sixteen hundreds mm-hmm. or it's the eighties. Like Yeah. I feel like so much I'm reading I was most like most oh. of the time nowadays oh. we've gotten away from that because most people aren't very religious mm-hmm. in at least yeah. in America. But like Yeah. I like that's a very recent yes. thing too. As for my, our listeners who don't know, I did like a recent like deep dive into the satanic panic, listening to a few different podcasts, like deep dive podcasts on it, and it's insane. And then as I was doing this, I was like, oh, so get ready for that. All right, uh, belief in the supernatural and specifically the devil's practice of giving certain humans which is the power to harm others in return for their loyalty had emerged in Europe as early as the 14th century and was widespread in colonial New England. 
I know that's not real because if it was real, I would have sold my soul to Satan to be able to hurt people so long ago. You were also born in the 80s. Yeah, but still. After Satanic Panic. Yes. (laughs) Just in general. (laughs) I know this isn't real. I know the devil isn't real and you're not giving powers to anybody because I would be the first person on the list. You weren't born in the 1600s. I would have immediately been hung of a switch. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? First of all, I'm very, very mouthy. And secondly... (laughs) Like, I like too many cats and weird shit. I'd be like, look at this cute bug. And somebody would be like, she's a witch. I'd be like, I'm sad all the time. They'd be like, you're probably a witch. Like, oh, cool. So, in addition, the harsh realities of life in the rural Puritan community of Salem Village, which is present-day Danvers, Massachusetts. Danvers! At the time included the after effects of British war with France in the America, American colonies, which was in 1689, a re- recent smallpox epidemic, fears of attack from neighbor, neighboring Native American tribes, and a long-standing rivalry uh, with the community of Salem Town, which is present-day Salem. <laughs> okay, so we've got Salem and Salem Town, and they're Salem both like... Salem Village and Salem Town. I... Hate this so much. That's why they renamed Salem Village to Danvers. Just become Salem together. This is an enemies to lovers uh, fan fiction that I wrote. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so much. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Now I'm just thinking about all the fucking bad fanfics I didn't read but passed by as I was trying to find the ones I wanted. <laughs> Shit. I'm not an enemies to lovers person. It depends on, I guess. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm sure there are some, but Mm -hmm. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I like people who like butt heads to lovers. I don't mind butt heads because that's more just of like an opposite attraction kind of thing. People who antagonize each other could also exist on the same side. But. Sam and Bucky. Sucky. Sack. But. Sack. Bum! Both good people, but also they're kind of shitty to each other for a while. But they're not enemies. No. But also, usually that sort of thing is also found under the enemies to lovers thing. No, but it, I don't consider that enemies No, not at all. At all. Yeah, at all. No, that's a friend's Enemies thing. to lovers like Sephiroth Cloud Pairs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a friend of mine who does uh, commissions who just made... The corset that Cloud wears in some, like, when he's cross-dressing or something? So, I think, yeah, I think that's in the new, the remake, because in the original one, it he, is, he does cross-dress, but he doesn't have, like, a corset on, but obviously everything's much prettier yeah. now, so they're able to give detail. It is that. the most, like, early 2000s Hot Topic thing yeah. I've ever seen in my yeah. entire fucking life. Because the game life. is still... It's like, yeah. yeah. So much lace. Tifa's just looks like fucking lingerie. Yeah. It's it's very... Yeah. Like, I was like, you made it perfectly. It's it's exactly how it should be, but yeah. also... Cause, but that, that is also the vibe of Final Fantasy Seven. Like, it's like this, like... Early 2000s Hot Topic. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, it came out in the 90s. And then they remade it, so they, like, made it prettier, but they still kept the vibe of it. Gotta keep that 90s aesthetic. Early 2000s aesthetic is denim on denim on denim, which is bad. So. You just think of Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. We all know exactly. If you're not thinking of this exact moment, I guess you probably aren't born yet. Yeah, you weren't watching this by probably a VMAs or something like that. Like the VH1 Music Awards. I'm really excited to put this in our Instagram. Oh, we're definitely putting this picture yeah. of Britney Spears. This is a pro Britney podcast, no matter which oh, Britney we're talking yeah. about. No matter what Britney happens, it's all about Britney. Yes. Oh, she's so good. Okay. So, amid these simmering tensions, the Salem Witch Trials would be fueled by residents' suspicions of and resentment towards their neighbors, as well as the fear of outsiders. <laughs> in January 1692, nine-year-old Elizabeth Betty Paris and 11-year-old Abigail Williams, the daughter and niece of Samuel Paris, minister of the Salem Village, began having fits, 
including violent contortions and uncontrollable outbursts of screaming. After local doctor William Griggs diagnosed bewitchment, <laughs> other girls, young girls in the community, yep, that was a fucking diagnosis <sighs> in the 1600s. Other the saddest thing for me is that I don't have my normal Massachusetts doctor because I live here now, and I can't go back to him and be like, can you diagnose me with witchcraft? Because we would both get a fucking kick out of that. And also, it's so stupid. Holy dicks. <laughs> right? Uh, you look like a witch. You're a little green today. <laughs> so, he diagnosed them with bewitchment, and then other young girls in the community began to exhibit similar uh, similar symptoms, including Ann Putman Jr., Mercy Lewis, uh, Elizabeth Hubbard, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren. Yeah. I was very taken aback by this girl had a junior after her name. Which one? What? Ann Putman Jr. That's why I like staggered because I was like, since when do girls get juniors after their names? That's usually a very misogynistic thing yeah, to do. Yeah, well, usually Dumb, you don't name your kid exactly after yourself because you, well, if you've ever dealt with insurance then you know that that's a fucking nightmare. So here, if I can be the person who tells you not to name your kid exactly also, after yourself. naming a kid. You're so fucking selfish. Naming something is the best fucking part of anything. You can't think of anything more there interesting so than your own name. names. I guarantee you most, Baby of the time, names .com. most of the time a junior is a fucking boring name. Name generators. Too. John Smith Jr. is fucking boring. John Smith Jr. should jump off a cliff. Okay, maybe John Smith Sr. should jump off a cliff. <laughs> I'm sorry, Smith it's Jr. not your fault, John Smith Jr. You can change your name. You're not stuck with this forever. <laughs> and you then... don't always have to think about Pocahontas. Oh, fucking Mel Gibson. Then on February... <laughs> John Smith is hot. He's your type. That's why you think he's hot. I'm like, eh. Yeah, but he's 1,000% your type. <laughs> So then, on February 29th, here, under pressure oh, from... Yeah. That's a very witchy year, I, know, I think. Right? The under, devil gave us an extra day. <laughs> under the pressure from the magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Hathorne, the girls blamed three women for afflicting them. Shocking adults pressuring children. Mm -hmm. So, John Hathorne? Hathorne. There's Jonathan Corwin and John Hathorne. Yeah. John Hathorne, I think, is related to Nathaniel Hawthorne, who changed his name so that he wouldn't be associated with him. That's fair. That's a good move. Mm -hmm. Good move on you. Yeah. And Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote Rappuccini's Daughter, which is kind of the base oh, for... Poison Ivy! Yeah! Which we talked about in that episode we didn't air. <laughs> which might come up eventually it when I up. don't do my fucking work for the week. <laughs> Hey, uh, that could but go. I already told it twice, so it's very gonna much be a either while. way. <laughs> yes. So they blame three women: Tutuba, who is a Paris Caribbean slave; Sarah Good, a homeless beggar; and Sarah Osborne, an elderly impoverished woman. The trial that I went to was, I think, for Sarah Good. And arrest warrants were issued for all three women, and they were the first to be named and arrested for witchcraft. And this is where it all began. Uh, what they didn't know, and what wouldn't be found out until the 70s, was that there was a probable cause for the girls' ailments. A study published in the Science Magazine in 1976 cited that a fungus ergot, ergot. Wheat and out of cereals, your shitty bread can cause symptoms such as delusions, vomiting, and muscle spasms. Thank you. Also, shame a day. <laughs> the fungus thrives in warm and damp climates, which are not too unlike the similar meadows in Salem Village, mm. where rye was the staple grain during the spring and summer. It's probably all like gross and marshy Ooh. around there. Well, yeah, definitely is. <laughs> as I grew up in Marshfield, yep. I know that very well. Yep. And it's so humid and gross in Massachusetts mm -hmm. in those homes. Yeah. And, like, also leaving my bread out here where it's dry as shit for, like, two days does not work. So be good with your bread. Seriously. Don't be done with it. I'm Put it in the fridge. So um, the three accused witches were... Witches? 
were brought before the magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Hathorne, and questioned, even as their accusers appeared in the courtroom in a grand jury display of spasm, contortions, screaming, and writhing. It started on convenient. March 1st in 1692 mm-hmm. and lasted for several days. Osborne claimed innocence, as did good, but Tituba <laughs> confessed, the devil came to me and bid me serve him. She described elaborate images of black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and a black a man who wanted her to sign his book. She admitted that she signed the book and said that there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans. All three women were put in jail. So with the seed of paranoia planted, a stream of uh, accusations followed for the next few months. Charges against Every neighbor you hate. (laughs) So charges against Martha Corey, a loyal member of the church in Salem Village. I didn't know. Greatly concerned with the community, um, if she could be a witch, then anyone could. That does seem kind of rude. Um, magistrates even questioned Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter, Dorothy. <laughs> oh, daughter, small Dottie. Small Dottie. Dottie. And her timid answers were construed as confession. Oh, boy. Well, satanic panic. You guys are so stupid. The questioning got more serious in April when Deputy Governor Thomas Danforth and his assistants attended the hearings. Dozens of people from Salem and other Massachusetts villages were brought in for questioning. On May 27, 1692, Governor William Phillips ordered the establishment of a special court to try these so-called witches for Suffolk, Texas, and Middlesex counties. Those are all like North Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. North Shore. Yeah. It's not Pat, uh, not West Boston. Massachusetts because West Massachusetts is a myth. Is fake. It's not real. Yeah. Um if and, you're west of Worcester, yeah, you're nothing. Are you sure you exist? You don't. Uh so yeah, so North Shore. And that's literally how Massachusetts divides itself. North Shore is above a Boston mm-hmm. and South Shore is below Boston. Yep. So this is all North Shore. I lived on both shores. I did, too, because I lived in Salem when I was in school. All right. The first case brought to the special court was Bridget Bishop, an older woman known for her gossipy habits, and she was known for being promiscuous. So if you were wondering whether I would immediately be accused of a witch, I know we already (laughs) said this, but yes. (laughs) All right. So uh, when asked if she committed witchcraft, Bishop responded, I'm as innocent as an unborn, or as a child unborn, was the exact quote. As a zygote. That's what science says that is now. But the defense was like, this isn't very convincing. Don't have it. So on June 10th, she became the first person hanged on what was later called Gallows Hill. And that's why they react that, or reenact that. And then at the end, they make you vote. On whether she should be hanged or not. Guess what? She shouldn't be. Um, yeah. She wasn't a witch. And even if you were a witch, witches are Just badass. because she liked having sex and talking gossip doesn't mean make her a witch. That just means she's way more interesting than all of your fucking friends. True. So five days later, um, a respected minister, Cotton Mather, wrote a letter a leather, a letter, a leather letter. <laughs> I mean, it might have been bound in leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopefully and, not human leather. No, probably cow. Yeah, that would make much more sense. Um, so this letter was imploring the court to not allow spectral evidence, which is testimony about dreams and visions. Yeah, because that's bullshit. Yep. But the court largely ignored the request, and five people were sentenced and hanged in July, five more in August, and then eight in September. On October 3rd, following in it's his... October 3rd today! Oh my god! Oh my god! It was like meant to be. On October 3rd, but this is in the 1600s, 1692, following his son's footsteps, increased Mather... Then president of Harvard. Wait, increase? Yes, that's his Like name. the actual word increase? Yes. 
Yes, I, I mean, re- I reread that about eight times to make sure I understood. <laughs> Cotton is like not. Where did he come from? I, Where did he go? Cotton Where did he come from? Cotton Adjo. I assume that that's his Cotton Eye. So, increase Mather. He was then president of Harvard. So, uh, Harvard is a bunch of fucking nerds too. Yes, they, they are. are. <laughs> As somebody who works in Harvard Square, let me tell you: every person who goes to Harvard thinks that they are hot shit, and they are. Big goddamn nerds. Yep, it's true. Mm-hmm. But you are smart. Like, I will push you in a locker, you fucking nerd. It's true. But you are smart. Yeah. But we have a lot of smart schools in Boston. Yeah. Well, and also a lot of people are smart, but also very fucking Dumb. stupid. Dumb. If you are if you name your kid Increase, you're a fucking idiot. So he denounced the use of the spectral evidence saying... It were better that ten suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned. Yes. Governor Phillips, in response to Mather's plea and his own wife being questioned for witchcraft, prohibited further arrest, released many accused witches, and dissolved the special court on October 29. Three days after my birthday! Uh-huh. Also, you know that was one witch being like, okay, this bitch isn't gonna do this, so I'm gonna accuse your fucking wife. Yeah. Which, Legit. quote unquote. Phillips replaced the Supreme Court of the um, Judicature, which disallowed spectral evidence and only condemned three out of the 56 defendants. Phillips eventually pardoned all who were in prison on witchcraft charges in May 1693, but the damage had been done. Nineteen were hanged on the Gallows Hill. A 71-year-old man was pressed to death by heavy stones. Right. Several people died in jail, and nearly 200 people overall have been accused of practicing the devil's magic. Following the trials and the executions, many involved, like Judge Samuel Seawall, publicly confessed error and guilt. <laughs> On January 14th, 1697, My the bad. general court ordered a day of fasting and soul-searching for the tragedy of Salem. <laughs> I know. In 70, it, gets, it, just, it keeps getting worse. Just no. keep going with it. In 1702, so this is many years later, like a handful of years later, mm-hmm. the court declared the trials unlawful, and in 1711, the colony passed a bill uh, restoring the rights and good names of those accused and granted 600, what's the little L one? 600 not 600 something that were not dollars because it was pre-America. Yep. And <laughs> restoration to their heirs. However, it wasn't until 1957, Ugh. more than 250 years later, that Massachusetts formally apologized for the events of 1692. This is my surprise face. This is why why we are like we are. <laughs> Massachusetts, like pulling your arm, patting yourself on the Seriously. fucking back, and then they're like, "I guess 1950." <laughs> we should be like, "Oh, those people that we murdered." <laughs> My absolute bad. I'm so sorry that you feel bad about this. <laughs> In August 1992, to mark the 300th anniversary of the trial, oh, dang. Uh, Nobel Laureate. Laureate. Oh, look at you. I know it. That, there's a bunch of letters in there that aren't in the pronunciation of that <laughs> word. Ellie, uh, Eli Wiesel. Yep. Eli Wiesel dedicated the Witch Trials Memorial in Salem. Also in Salem, the Peabody Essex Museum mm-hmm. houses the original court documents and the town's most visited attraction. The Salem Witch Museum attests the public's enthrallment with the 1692 hysteria. And then, of course, witches and this spooky holiday take over Salem for the whole month mm-hmm. of October. Yeah. Uh, if you're the actual ex- witches come yeah. out and they're like, bitch, bitch, yeah, bitch. basically. No, it's great. If you're ever, as anyone who, if you don't live in Massachusetts, if you're ever trying to find a time to visit, this is a great time. There is a good chance of nice sweater and boot weather. The foliage is in full effect yeah. and it's beautiful. And Salem, though crowded, is super fun at this time of year. All right. So please review, rate, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can find us also on Spotify, 
Uh, you can find us on the ESO Network, and then we are also on Poppy. And then, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at... But first, let's talk nerdy. At, that's always one of those weird things, is I say at, so it's like at Instagram, but yeah. you need an at, and it makes it fun weird. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying at, at. That's an ATAT, and that's fucking Star Wars shit. But it's like... And they're called an ATAT, and if you call them an at, at, you're a bad person, you should go to hell. Email us how you feel about at, at. If you're an at, at person, don't fucking email me. I swear to God, I will fight you. I will come to your house, and I will fight you. I never know there was this much anger. All right. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, I guess. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.